Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeon Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chris and today's co-host, Heath. What's up, hockey fans? And you know us, we don't claim to be hockey experts, but rather just a couple of attendees that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On this episode, we want to welcome our special guests, the owners of the USPHL Premier's Rogue Valley Royals, Allie and Bobby Ruddle. Allie and Bobby, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for jumping on. It's uh, exciting to get you guys on. It's been a heck of a year to watch. Uh, You guys just uh, got into the USPHL Premier this year. I know that took a lot of hard work and a lot of effort (laughs) to get to that point. And I got to say, some pretty sick jerseys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're really excited to shake that up and introduce a new style. Yeah, I see that you guys have a new uh, jersey set for the 23-24 season. Um, I like the, uh, I'm a sucker for sky blue. So when I saw that white and sky blue jersey, uh, (laughs) I'm pretty excited to see how that uh, translates to the ice because I think it's going to be pretty sick. I know Bobby was super, he was super adamant. He's like, I want it to be not white. I want it to be off white. Has to be cream. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Hmm. So they should look cool. And especially because if we can rep them at home a couple times, we have a black light. And I think that would look, look really cool. Really cool. Although Way Team always looks amazing during our, our you know, intro because the black light has yeah. their jerseys popping. And we're like, maybe we should wear white at home. When Rock Springs and Seattle come and they do their warm ups, they look really cool out there. <laughs> so we kind of wanted to get some of that. We need to normalize the white jerseys at home. The NHL, if you're listening, figure that out. Um, it should always be the white jersey at home. It's what I grew up with. And then I don't know, at some point. Well, they, the late they, 90s they or... seem to switch it every 15 years. Well, and you want to know what's yeah. funny is in the USPHL manual, it says white at home. So if you look back on hockey TV, our first game, because I have to read the manual, I have to follow the rules. I'm always telling my husband, well, the USPHL manual says this. Um, if you look back at our first home series, both us and Seattle are wearing white. Yeah. <laughs> But ours is gray. So they were a little different, but we got our nameplates put on our light jerseys first because it says, you know, white is at home and we had home games first and Seattle showed up with only white. And so we both just wore light. It worked out. It worked out. Yeah. But it's just a funny story that looking back, we're like, okay, I guess we're going to wear dark at home. That's that's crazy. Been there for sure. So tell us a little bit about yourselves and, you know, what kind of got you guys into hockey and your hockey lives? Yeah, so I grew up in Colorado, um, played youth hockey growing up there my whole life. Um, my senior year of high school, I ended up moving out here to Medford, Oregon to play for the uh, then Southern Oregon Spartans. I was able to play high school hockey here as well as kind of like a little added bonus. Um, and that's where I met Allie, which was really cool. We became uh, really good friends. Um, kind of stayed in touch. I went to go uh, finish my junior career in Florida. Um, actually, at the very kind of start of the USPHL, I was in their inaugural season. Um, did that, loved it. Um, got into coaching, a um, little private coaching, coached a junior team out in the Rocky Mountain Junior Hockey League. It's no longer a league. It's kind of <laughs> since been, um, you know, gone. But um I've been the director of hockey here in Medford for the last little bit. And when the Royals were kind of just presented to us, we, it was, it was too good to pass up. We just had to go with it. Yeah. I, I played high school hockey against Bobby. So we were opponents before we were friends. Um, but then we did become friends and uh, I went off to play college hockey in South Dakota uh, for a little bit. Uh, and then 
we just started dating kind of long distance. He was playing for the, the Florida Junior Blades um, in South Florida. And so, and then when we both got back on the West Coast, it um, got more serious. We got married and, and hockey's always just kind of been the thing that kind of kept us close and ended up, you know, being the, the starting point of our relationship. And now we're married. I've uh, been married for five years. We have two young children who, our son, who's three, is ho- the hockey guy. I mean, the kid runs around the rink barefoot and he knows everything about the Royals. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's been a really positive thing in our relationship. So, yeah, when the, the opportunity presented itself, Bobby kind of came to me like, how crazy would we be? And I'm like, well, if we're going to be crazy, let's be crazy. And we just jumped in and we, neither one of us knew how to own a hockey team. And God bless our first group of boys. They were so patient with us and we figured it out and we did it. And now we feel a little more ready to do so. And, and we're loving this ride. Now you're in year two and you're, you guys are cooking. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what happens in year two. I, uh, I know that we played you guys in Vegas. Uh, we were pretty impressed with how, how well you guys did play in that game uh, in Long Beach. Uh, I know that it didn't go your guys' way, but we were pretty impressed with how you guys came out and played because we obviously had never played you guys before. Um, and going into a game like that where you really have never played them and it's a new team, it's it's always exciting to see what they have at the other end. Yeah, that was a fun game with Long Beach. You know, we didn't have Tyler Hansen, um, which was hard, and we we were battling some injuries. And so to be able to compete with you guys who were a great team, it was definitely a confidence boost for us moving forward. And we had a great game against Vegas after that too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we're like, okay, guys, let's just go in there and do it. Yeah. No, and I think it says a lot about kind of the, the program you guys have built. And we'll get into it a little bit later during the podcast, but just kind of the amount of returning players that you guys have coming back this year. But before we get into that, tell us about some of the unexpected and exciting experiences from the past season of owning a junior hockey team. Um, some of the unexpected stuff. Let's see. Um, probably some of our uh, bus issues. We had a couple. Um <laughs> just like electricity with it, whatever. But um, me never owning a bus before, it was a lot to f- kind of figure out what to do. Um, but we got all that figured out. Everything's good with it. But that was probably my biggest kind of like surprise hurdle to go over was just some of the um, just little um, ticky tack issues with the bus. Yeah. And I think also just um, the behind the scenes, like, having a brother who played junior hockey and a husband who played junior hockey have been on the side of like being a fan or, you know, loving somebody who stayed with a billet, but being on the side of like finding billets and organizing who lives with who and making sure all that jives and everyone's happy. And uh, one thing I was super stoked with is we got to meet every single one of our boys' parents this year. And so just to also see where these boys come from, some are far away. I mean, Roberto, he's from Nunavut and I, had never heard of Nunavut until last fall when he showed up and we picked up from the airport and, you know, and so just getting to know these, this group of boys from all over the world um, and then helping meet their needs while they're here. Um, there's just a lot of behind the scenes stuff that neither one of us knew, even though we had been around the world of junior hockey for a while. Yeah. I can imagine there's a lot of <laughs> the, a lot of the fine details that you don't think about 
or you're not even aware of, like you said, with the bus issues, when you, when you're taking on a team, even mm -hmm. uh, just recently in the last uh, month or so, we talked to Nick Dreyer, uh, the now GM of the NCDC's Provo Predators. And he was talking about, you know, he'd been coaching for a while and uh, he was then an assistant coach uh, when we all met up the first time with the uh, Ogden Mustangs and saying things like, yeah, I just don't know why Kenny doesn't do this. And Kenny doesn't do that. I would do this. And he's like, then you, get into that role and you're like, Oh, Oh, this is why, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, that those added responsibilities, those little things you're not aware of can really add up for time. There can be some really, you know, things that end up being bigger time consumers than you'd like. And then there's other really surprising fun things that you're like, okay, well, this is, this is kind of an unexpected surprise that, you know, I kind of really enjoy, like you said, meeting the parents and, and, and finding a player from none of it and, and uh, learning where that is and, uh, you know, and, and those those little those little personal touches that, uh, you know, kind of bring you closer to that that player and his family, as well as that uh, the player and the family to the organization. Totally. Yeah. And I think that not knowing like my husband lived it. He lived juniors. He know what he liked. But like you get to know your group of boys and I'm sure this is going to change every single year. But once you really learn them as people all that stuff changes. I mean, Bobby cooks on the road. So that's another thing is we shop, we grocery shop and then he grills on the road for the boys and feeds them, um, you know, freshly cooked food instead of like eating Pizzas out. Every game. Yeah. Every game. Mm -hmm. And so getting to know what they like and, you know, we'd go grocery shopping and he'd be like, Oh, so-and-so is going to be so pumped because we're going to have burgers. So the parent in us really comes out because they're all our kids. And so we're like, you know, Oh, so-and-so is not going to like it because I'm going to make this, but to, to, to be fair, the next day I'm going to make this. So he'll be happy then, you know, just like little things like that. Yeah, no, it's, it's always good to, to cook on the road. We did that in long beach and, uh, it, uh, it at times wasn't great, but there were times where it was like really good food and it was better than going to, you know, Pizza Hut before a game or something like that, that, you know, I've, I've been on teams where that's been the kind of go to. Uh, but I think it kind of just walks us right into, you know, you guys provide food on the road, obviously. So mm -hmm. what are the what are the other amenities that you guys kind of provide, like locker rooms, training and coaches and all that kind of stuff for your for your players? Yeah, so we have um, a decent sized coaching staff. I have three other assistant coaches, um, Logan Casey, Hunter Havis, and Ron Regan. Um, I've known, obviously, Hunter, being Allie's brother, um, the longest, but um, um, I've worked with Ron Regan the last few years. Great dude um, from Medford. That's Jack's dad. That's Jack Regan's dad. Yeah. He played for us last year. Um, Absolutely loves it, right? So he's a really good um, team motivator and stuff. So, um, and having our other two assistant coaches, our goalie coach Alec, um, and our other um, offensive coach Logan, um, we just make a really good cohesive team. Um, and there's a good coaching fit for every player. I feel yeah. like they all have such very different personalities that they almost kind of group themselves up and they glom onto a coach that like really speaks to them. Mm -hmm. More tailored, I guess, coaching. Yeah. And That's then we do, great. we do have a really nice gym facility. It's called the courthouse. Um, they have three separate locations here in Medford. Our boys typically go to the two, but they have like full turf, um, free weights, any sort of like, you know, exercise. The bikes, the yeah. lap pool. We do our um, video up there as well. Yeah. They have a big conference room. Um, 
really clean, quiet. So it's really nice. Yeah, it's a really good facility. And then they, they support our team, you know, also, which makes it fun. The boys go up there and they build relationships with the people who work there. And then they come to our games and cheer them on, which is um, a ton of fun. Yeah, that's how you got to do it. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of uh, your your fans, that was something that was quite impressive this year was just the <laughs> fan base there in Medford. I mean, they came out. And, uh, I mean, what, the triple R rink right there. Uh, it just get absolutely packed and you'd have the, the full stands as well as people just all around the glass. And uh, it really made for an awesome atmosphere. Yeah, we sold out the last like three home weekends. We sold out almost every game, which is really fun. You know, we have security for that old rowdy beer garden, but <laughs> these fans have been, you know, dedicated for a decade, over yeah. a decade. I mean, since I was a kid and it was the Rogue Valley Wranglers, then they went to the Spartans. And I mean, these fans, they come out and Oregon's not super big in hockey, uh, but this community does support hockey and they learn and they grow and they adore these boys. I mean, I had, I had parents when we auctioned off our jerseys, I had parents and billet parents call me hysterical because fans outbid them. And I was like, I warned you guys. <laughs> yeah, and it, that's, you, you can see that because you get the, the families of the, of the players that, and the billet families of the players and you, the fans start become real connected. And I know that the, just from watching some of the bids go down from my time in Ogden and, and hearing the players, um, jerseys get bid on and jersey started going for eight nine hundred thousand twelve hundred thirteen hundred and you could hear the family members go but that's my nephew yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean seeing jerseys go for some honestly some i don't know absurd prices uh i think i think the most i ever saw a jersey go for there was thirty five hundred wow and and yeah and so and that was one guy in this the stands. It got, and it got, and I think he got like three or four jerseys that night. And I just looked at him. I'm like, "What do you do?" He's like, "I buy jerseys." <laughs> I buy jerseys. That's <laughs> my thing. <laughs> that was it. He might have had some uh, extra beverage in his system at the time, but he just kept buying them. And apparently, he had a lot of their jerseys. And you know, you, you get those fans that get extremely dedicated, and you get the family members of the billet families, and they're like, "Okay, well." I got to stop. I can't, I can't keep mm-hmm. going. Even then I I put up a bid and I'm like, yeah, I can't. If, if I spend more than, you know, a dedicated amount on a Jersey, I'm sleeping outside that night. Uh, my wife won't be happy. <laughs> but, I know it's like, and what's funny is we do player signings after the game. The boys come out no matter what, like I always say rain or shine boys. I don't care what the scoreboard says. These fans stay and they watch and you're going to come out and sign. And, it's funny because I think the boys are always surprised how these fans always have something new for them to sign. Yeah. <laughs> like it's always something. And then when they got the jerseys, we auctioned them off at the end of the year. And a lot of these boys left and the fans were like, no, I need these jerseys signed. So uh, I had to hunt the ones that were still here down and get them to sign these jerseys because they were just, they, they are so passionate and they, they care so much. So yeah, yeah. it's And you want that dedicated fan base because it's going to keep growing and, it just looks like it's going to be, you know, after just one season, what you've, what you two have been able to pull off in Medford is incredible. And so why should players want to come to the Rogue Valley this season? Well, first off, we're um, our kind of main focus is just having that overall good feeling about junior hockey, right? These kids come in here from all over the world, right? 
They don't know each other. They don't know how it's going to go. And just providing that, that atmosphere where they enjoy coming to the rink, they enjoy coming to the practice, to games. Um, it really helps um, everybody feel good, comfortable, right? And you're going to get your, your best team out of that when everybody's like one cohesive unit. Um, so I'd say that's our biggest thing is just being an overall family, right? We 99.9% of these kids are probably not going to the NHL. And we really want them to look back on not only, you know, all the workouts, the games, all that stuff, but to really enjoy junior hockey and cherish it because it goes by fast. It does. And like, we want to create an environment, you know, we have kids, like we know, you know, a little bit more about like the importance of like how fast that, that time goes. And then you're going to be in this phase of your life. And we tell them, we want you guys to come back someday. We want you to bring your families, your wives, your kids, whatever, and come back and relive some of this, this time. Cause it, it, it does go quick. And the other day, one of our boys called me and I was doing dishes or something. And my mom was over helping with the kids. And we, <laughs> I talked on the phone for 45 minutes. We hung up and she goes, was any of that about hockey? And I was like, oh, no, he was just catching me up on this, that, and the other thing. And she's like, wow, you got a 19-year-old boy to call you just to just check in. And at the end of the day, we just want to build meaningful connection around something we all love, and that is hockey. Love that. No, that's that's incredible. And that's, and that's I think it speaks volumes about, again, your organization. And um, I'll, I'll keep saying that on this podcast. Shade thrown at organizations that aren't able to bring back players routinely. Um, mm-hmm. because it, it, it takes a lot for a family to give up their child to play junior hockey and the costs associated with that, um, for a significant period of basically what's left of their youth. And mm-hmm. for when, when players now return and they choose to return, uh, you can, you can see that. So I know that we do have a lot of you players out there and parents that listen. And all I can say is pay attention. If, if you're going to be sending your, your player to a, a, an organization, look at, you know, are, are players returning? Um, mm-hmm. Do they have a high turnover throughout the season? Are players returning? Um, it, it's, it's a big thing to look at when you're looking at an organization. And, and what you guys are showing um, is that players are returning to you the following year. If yep. they're not aging out or if they're not progressing up, they're coming back to you. They're not generally choosing another organization. Players will make different decisions based off of advisors and such like that. But you're returning a lot of players. And I think that's an important factor for um, players and parents to pay attention to uh, when looking at organizations is uh, the writing's on the wall. It, mm-hmm. it just is. It if, really if, is. If, if parents are concerned about an organization. Yeah, and I think it, it is hard because this is a technically a business, right? And so, you know, different businesses run different ways. But I think because we both come from being hockey players, he played juniors, I played college. I have a little bit more of an academic side. I can help the boys navigate, especially my Canadian boys, navigate the United States education system. Um but I think the big part for us is like to be honest with our boys and kind of let them know, like, this is what we have the power to do. This is what we don't have the power to do or, you know, not make promises like, oh, I'm going to get you, you know, this many games guaranteed. It's like, hey, guys, I want you guys to work. I want you guys mm-hmm. to have fun. I want you to be a team. But at the end of the day, I got to look out for all of you. 
You know, I got to make sure you all have that fairness. You all have that success. And, you know, we can't play 30 kids in a game. You got to scratch kids, you know, and and just being honest with kids and not just trying to get them to write that name on the dotted line and then take their money. It's like, they're not a number. Yeah. And Mm so that was one thing that we agreed we would stick to. We would stick to being like recognizing that these are people's children. They're not just hockey players. They're, they're kids. And so I do feel like we've done a good job with that. And, you know, we did ball our eyes out when our boys aged out, which was hard. And, you know, this first year group of boys, we couldn't have asked for more. They were an incredible group of yeah. boys and we are getting a good core of them back. Some of them that we aren't getting back that we could are moving like hopefully up and we encourage them to do so. Yes. We try to help them find you know, contacts for teams that they're interested in and we encourage growth. And I think that they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course we want them as long as we can. We love our boys and we want to be able to spend that time with them. But at the end of the day, their happiness and their success, like for us is end game. Yeah. Really. It's a, it's a win-win both ways. Right. Um, we get our, our, one of our top players back. That's awesome. That's great. That's a win for us. But if he moves on to, you know, NCDC, NA, whatever it might be, that's also a win for us. You know what I mean? Um, and just, yeah, providing that really good place for these kids to to grow and to try and tap into that full potential. Yeah, no, com- coming from a uh, an old junior player, that that's really what you look for is that family kind of environment where y- you want your coaching staff and your, you know, your ownership group to be honest with you. Uh, I think there there was a lot, I've had a lot of people and a lot of kids come to me and ask me, you know, what, what do you recommend for this team or this team? Do you recommend I go to this team? And I'm like, what are they telling you? Cause it's all about honesty, right? Are they going to tell you you're going to get 17 games if you're a goalie or something like that? And then you end up getting three or, you know, th- those kind of things that they do to get you in the building and get you to sign on the dotted line is uh, honestly, it's, it's so wrong in my opinion. Uh, so, so to hear that you guys are really honest with your players is, is huge. I mean, that's a, that, that's what I always look for when I'm trying to get guys to go places or, you know, talking to coaches about, Hey, this guy wants to come play for you. You know, what are your thoughts about that? Um, that, that, that's the number one thing that I look for is honesty and, and transparency when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think, I think knowing that like money is something that like, kids will look for like hey can i come play for you for free we're both very much like no you know we you guys are a team you guys got to come and you got to pay and you got to play like everyone else we don't want the boys in the locker room comparing numbers and feeling like oh i paid this kid's contract so that's another thing we're super honest with players and it's cost us a couple times we've looked at some players we wanted and they decided not to go with us because we were honest and said hey look we're not gonna go make you know who pay double the amount because we want to take you for free. And mm-hmm. I think that is a huge thing that, you know, we've been firm on and it's been hard because of the industry we're in, but it's, I don't know. I just feel like fairness as much as you can fairness. I mean, we had to play our best goalie moving forward and that's hard because you get attached to all your goalies and you want to give them games, but mm-hmm. you do when you're in that game time, you got to play the players you got to play. And that's the part where we are honest and we do let our boys know like, we're going to give you the games that you earn. Yeah. You have to work for it. Yeah, no, for sure. 
Yeah, I think with both Heath and I being goalies, we <laughs> we understand that pain because uh, you could be a healthy scratch as, as a forward or defender. Um, hopefully, you can get back in the lineup uh, depending on on what reason for you being scratched is. But I think uh, the painful reality for us goalies is that only one goalie can play. Uh, yeah. You can't you can't just sit on the bench and hopefully get a couple minutes in. <laughs> Only one of you gets to start, and generally only one of you is going to get that entire game. And and even though you might sometimes as a goalie feel like, yeah, I am, I feel like I'm the better goalie right now. I feel like I'd play this team better. If the coaching staff or your teammates have more confidence in the other goalie, that's what matters, and that's mm-hmm. what is that's what'll take over. Because I know in the past as a goalie, where I'm like, no, I I know I'm a better goalie than this other goalie, especially in this kind of tournament mentality where I just during tournaments I got better and better and better. I'm like, I don't know why I'm not getting the start because I'm going I'm going to lead us to wins, but the team had the confidence in the other goalie, and I'd be sitting there opening the door, yeah. letting mm-hmm. people in all game going, I would have stopped that. He I read that. I but you know, I've also been in those games where yeah, five goals in in the first period. I'm like, yeah, I can see why I'm being pulled. <laughs> I'm not having the best game. Yeah, goalie <laughs> and, uh, is probably the, the hardest. Uh, position to like to play and to and to get in fair games and like that goalie is a very tough position well and i think just from talking to bobby throughout the season knowing how your team plays when they know who's in net that was the weirdest thing for me is there were some games where i felt like a goalie should go in but bobby's like well no i know my boys and they play better when this happens or they play different, like maybe they get a little lazier when so-and-so is in net or maybe. And so like he and the coaching perspective learned a lot. I feel like this season and sometimes it's not necessarily the goalie. Like you can't, mm-hmm. they could be having the best game of their life, but their defensemen are, you know, have so much trust in them that maybe they step back a little bit or something like that. And so I hadn't really ever thought of that. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you got to play so-and-so you got to play so-and-so. And he's like, no, trust me this is why i'm doing this and i and i think that maybe players don't see that either because they're not in those coaching shoes yeah no for no. sure i've i've been there <laughs> i've seen that firsthand <laughs> yeah i think heath we both have <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we've both been in those scenarios and yeah there are some things easier than being a goalie and that leads to today's sponsorship new customers download the DraftKings sports app and use code thpn Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Camp Casino and Resort, Kansas. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus legal requirements for one 0% boost. 
Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Um, just because we recently talked with Bakersfield, very similar to Bakersfield, first-year team, uh, returning a lot of players this year, um, kind of went through the growing pains of because um, I believe it's him and his uh, Chris and his wife. Sorry, Chris, I can't remember her name at the moment. Um, but uh, they're, they're co-owners of the team down there in Bakersfield. Uh, same. It sounds like the same similar growing pains that uh, you all had, and uh, very young team, um, and you know, not a lot of wins under their belt. But uh, you know, they're returning a lot of the players, and those players now are coming back with that full year of experience. They know their teammates. They're they mesh with the new guys during during training camp and during the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, but you have guys that are already familiar with each other. There's that automatic chemistry. You can't get in the first season. You just can't. Yeah. And um, it's, it's going to be incredible to see how you guys uh, advance on this year and, um, and, and continue to move forward. And so uh, we can kind of briefly talk about, you know, some of the new players and some of the returning players, if you're down with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll start in that. And, and, and um, Heath, do you, do you want to start? On the back end, or do you want to start in net? You know what? Let, let's start in net. Let's uh, let's talk about both your guys' goaltenders. You guys have signed. What what kind of made you guys go that route? And you know, are, how do you guys feel about that? So we have all three of our goalies signed right now. Um, kind of starting off with Bryson Snow. He was a local kid here. Um, played in California. You know, double A, triple A, all that stuff. Um, he joined us as a junior right in high school last year. Um, he got a handful of games. He did. He awesome. got, yeah, he got our first shutout in Royals history. Yep. Um, yes, he did. And so, yeah, he's awesome kid. Awesome work ethic, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really excited to see how the next couple of years progress for him. Cause just cause he's so young still mm-hmm. um, got another goalie, Isaac from Michigan. Yeah. Um, Again, awesome kid. He has um, been the starter of his team since freshman year. And out there, you know, it's very competitive. It's good hockey. Um, So he crushed it. And then we're also returning our other goalie, Emil. um, Also known as ETA. ETA. Mm. um, Outstanding kid as well. Um, And we're really looking for him to kind of take control of that goalie group being the veteran the kid who's kind of been around it who's seen it um so we're really excited about our goalie crew coming in that's always yeah i was excited to see um um now what's isaac's last name is it it's colossa okay yeah he's we just signed him about a week ago i believe yeah out of michigan okay yeah because i i know about the Mio Talapan Sil, which ETA, me and him chatted for a while at the Vegas Showcase. <laughs> um, it was actually, if anybody catches the highlight reel and you got that uh, wild save made by Antonio Tarantino, the Vernal Oilers, um, I actually caught that one with my uh, with my phone, and it was actually me and ETA that were chatting during that save. So, oh, that's so funny. Uh, and I can't remember the other, I don't know who the other Royal was um, standing there with me and ETA, but uh, we were all watching that unfold live right there but uh and then yeah bryson snow getting the first ever shutout in organization's history um that was a big moment 
and uh, it, it's going to be exciting. We, me and Heath are goalies. We we always got to start with the goalie stuff, and, oh, and oh, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, very passionate about uh, uh, our fellow blue painters. Um, now let's go on the back end here. It looks like you've got a. It looks so far. If I'm looking at all the names here, I believe three out of four of them are returnees from who I've got. Uh, with a G Ebbinghaus and Anderson, um, Gavin Kolbuck, is he new? Yes, yes, he is. Okay, let's talk so he's about coming to, Yeah, he's coming to us from the same team that Nathan Malott came from, the McKenzie Mountaineers team. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, he uh, was actually talked to John Hansen, who's Tyler's dad in our GM. And he is a really outgoing kid. And a really, I would say, offensive defenseman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're we're stoked. I mean, we're heartbroken that we lost Nathan a lot. But I mean, knowing the product that we got from him and kind of some of these kids, we have another kid that came from McKenzie too that we'll probably talk about when we talk about forwards. Um, we're really looking forward to adding him to our defense because you know we got Blaze, who he's our 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 big hitter. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Shane is our speed. So we're looking for people who will compliment that. Um, and I think Gavin will do a good job with that. You had a good defensive core last year and yeah, it is a big loss with a uh, Malat aging out. They spent a lot of time on the ice there. I think in, in, in Medford, that final home game. Yeah. yeah we think we, game. we did like a fun little stats thing at the end of the season. And I think Nate was averaging close, close to 40 minutes a game. Wow. He was out the wow. Power play, penalty kill. If you look at his his if you look at his headshot, <laughs> yeah. like his his team headshot at the beginning of the season, and then you look at him at the end of the season, I was like, You look so skinny. He's like, Why well, skate a lot on game night? I'm like, You're right, you do. <laughs> oh, and then let's look at the the front end here. We got the Fords and um I do like the fact that we have a local Buffalo kid for me here. But um <laughs> let's talk about maybe the players that aren't returning it and kind of the new faces to the organization. And I think you can also see the the same screenshot, but you also probably know a lot better than I do. But the, let's talk about some of the players that we're adding this year. Yeah. So the first kid to be signed this season was Mr. Tyler Hansen, um, which I think a lot of people recognize. I know you just posted on Instagram your shots and he got like number six with that awesome shot yeah. against Rock Springs. We love that, that clip. I think that was his um, goal that put him over a hundred points. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, remember the one where he goes through the rock Springs kids and then oh, snipes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're super stoked to have Ty back. He's a local kid. I've actually known Tyler since he was like seven years old. So when I was playing high school hockey, he was that little kid around the rink that now my son is. Um, and so it's been really fun <laughs> to watch him grow into not only an incredible hockey player, but he's a really great young man as well. And um, we're super stoked to get him back. And then a couple of the guys that we're bringing in, um, Saku Sekiguchi, which is Ko's younger brother. Um, yep. So we're really excited to kind of see how he does in juniors. I mean, I coached my U18 team here in Oregon, and as a 13-year-old, 13. he was leading the team in points. Um, outstanding forward, outstanding kid. Um, we're really looking forward to seeing what he brings this year. Um, Nicholas Moran, your Buffalo guy. Um, I got the pleasure of seeing him in um, Colorado at the CCM showcase. He was on like the team that I coached for the showcase. Awesome kid, right? That's what we really look for is those good character kids. So he's definitely an add on to that. 
as well as um, Noah Wildling and Mitchell Elliott. I've just we just have a bunch of these good new kids that are teammates first, right? So we're we're just extremely happy about all these new kids coming in that are wanting to be a part of the Royals and the process it takes. But yeah, it's it's, it's exciting to see. What Rogue Valley is going to do this year, I'm definitely excited to see the New Jerseys hit the ice. I'm definitely going to be watching for that. Uh, I just don't know out of what province of Canada I'm going to be living at that time. So <laughs> at this point, at this point, it's Quebec. So we shall see. But, um, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights, I hate saying it, have won the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, I, OK, so what if, what's everyone's thoughts like? I'm disappointed. I was really expecting Florida to do something there. Congratulations to get a Golden Knights fan base. And, and obviously the Las Vegas Tabor's organization is very excited for the results of the, the Golden Knights. And that's going to hopefully increase some uh, butts and seats there in Vegas as well, because it's always great to have a lot of fans um, at these games. And uh, mm-hmm. um, But uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. There's In particular, as, as a Buffalo kid, I was very unhappy to see one person raise the cup. But at the end uh, of the Jack day, <laughs> I'm not going to say his name. Um, <laughs> hey, I, I played but, against Jack Eichel back in the day. So <laughs> did you know? Yeah, I, we beat him in the USPHL Championship. So we he, at, least got, at he, least got that over him. When he played for the Boston Junior Bruins, and Bobby <laughs> played for the Florida Junior Blades. <laughs> ah, okay. He was and, the best sixteen-year-old kid I've ever seen on the ice. It was it was insane. <laughs> so I've heard, and I mean, again, my my only displeasure towards Jack is he could have handled the department. Like again. I've said it before, hate the organization, hate the owners, whatever you want to do. But targeting the fan base that really supported him for years and a lot of people within the Buffalo Sabres organization that supported him for years, I just didn't like the way that uh, he treated it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, going back and, you know, again, it is what it is. and, And congratulations to all the Golden Knights players and the fan base on the Stanley Cup win. Buffalo, we'll get there, right? Right? Let's, let's hope. Hey, on one it. of these days. We'll get our, yeah, we've been around since dream. 1970. Yeah. Ne- <laughs> still, next next five. That. I think it'll happen in the next five years, to be honest with you. I, I actually think it is. I think it will, too. I think we're finally building a team that is capable of winning. And honestly, the, the, the deletion of Jack actually helped that a lot because we got some players with far better character on the organization mm-hmm. and you actually uh, have a goaltender now in Devin levi so yeah and all that which is huge yeah, all that it, it's going to be great i think uh i think we're definitely a team that's finally going to between that and our football team we're finally going to win something in that city uh <laughs> that's not you know we we've got championships with the buffalo bandits and the buffalo buttes but um i tell you what the nfl and nhl teams are the the two major pro teams there and uh long suffering fan base once once a cup and once a once a championship but um but so what did everyone think with the the Stanley Cup finals uh anyone surprised by any of the results or uh, hoping for Well we else? were surprised our Colorado Avalanche went out first round Yeah that was nice Ooh, um, Yeah <laughs> That no, I, I I liked the the series um you know you're always wishing for that you know, overtime goal games or the the last minute, they're all tight games kind of thing. Um, you know, when you see a, these big lopsided scores, it's, Nine, three. it's really fun for one side, uh-huh. you know. 
Um, but for the overall fan, just trying to see that, you know, really competitive game the entire time through and, you know, the last minute, that's when they kind of break through. But um, other than that, I mean, I, I always like watching the um, the home team win their Stanley Cup at yeah. home. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's always fun. And I think from being like an ownership perspective, owning a team out West, like we do love to see there be success closer to the west coast because i think it does grow fan bases like you said it's going to put more butts in seats in vegas which we have some random vegas golden knight fans here in medford because the closer it gets to oregon you know oregon the only professional sports team we have is the portland trailblazers and then we have a soccer team the timbers and you know we don't have football we don't we have college but we don't have a hockey team and so to get hockey more exposure out here is so important for us. So, mm-hmm. I mean, do I think that Florida kind of like deserved it a little more from their efforts in the playoffs? Yes. But am I mad that Vegas won? No, <laughs> I'm happy. So, yeah, yeah it, no, it is it, for sure. Yeah, it is yeah. great to see the Western teams win it because I think it does translate the more, uh, you know, butts and seats and, you know, with the Avalanche winning it the year before. It's coming I don't think- every year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it really has. If you really look at it, it's been the West Coast has been kind of dominant in that department for the last 10 years. I mean, Kings won it twice. Now you got the Knights. You had the Avalanche last year. So, well, I mean, Seattle looked great this season, yeah, too. Seattle was yeah. cooking. Yeah. Surprisingly good. I, yeah. I had, With our I, boy Grubauer. Yeah. 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 No, I, I had Seattle making it out of the first round. So I was happy that that happened uh, in my bracket. Um, but no, I mean, Vegas winning it was, it wasn't a shock because I knew once they played, once they got to, uh, once I saw game one, I was like, yeah, they're going to win this in four. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I was happy that, you know, Quickie got a, got to be a three-time Stanley Cup champion yeah, now. And, yeah. and uh, you know, that's being a Kings fan growing up because of Jonathan Quick, uh, to see him come to my hometown and win a cup, even though he didn't play, uh, you know, talk about being the ultimate team guy you know all the guys talk about how he helped the goaltenders through you know adversity and helped them through you know kind of learning what playoff hockey is because a lot of those guys had never played playoff hockey um in the goaltending department uh for vegas so just for what they did in the goaltending department playing through five goalies throughout the year first team in nhl history to go four wins with four different goalies in a row is kind of insane (laughs) to see what they did and the city reacted a lot better than i thought they were to be honest there was no looting. There was no rioting. Nothing was on fire. I think there was two arrests for, for I don't even know what, that night that they won it, where usually you'll hear about, oh, there was 15 people arrested yeah. or, <laughs> or whatnot. So uh, the parade was a little botched. Uh, that, that's a story for another day. It just wasn't – for what Vegas does on the ice and what their, what their, you know, their showiness is, it wasn't run very well. There were some – like, you know, when they televised it, they televised it really poorly. They were showing, like, just basically, like, parents and not even the players, um, things like that, <laughs> that were just like, why are you doing this? It, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, a championship came to Vegas, finally. It's, it's, it's their first championship, so they, they got to learn yeah. still a little bit. Yeah. Maybe no, next, for, next for time sure. they'll get the camera work a little better. Yeah, no, for sure. But, uh, but no, it's uh, it was it was fun to watch. I mean, it's uh, I think that Vegas was probably the – the most dominant team in the playoffs all year. Surprisingly, I, I think that they they really turned around that we can't win at home kind of kind of attitude they had towards the end of the year. Uh, obviously, but uh, no, it was it was good. It was fun to watch. It was uh, definitely it's. I've already seen the growth of hockey just since they won it a 
couple weeks ago. You know, I go into the rinks now and everyone's wearing Knights shirts or, awesome. you know, Knights jerseys and stuff like that. I mean, it, it was already a huge sport here, but I think that a championship has just amplified that so much more. Yeah, I mean, Vegas, they put on a show, though. Like, we took our boys to a Vegas game when we were there for the showcase in December. And we were hoping they would make it, like, the most Vegas hockey game you've ever been to. And they did. I mean, they mm-hmm. they put on a show during those games, which for us, well, we have fans, we're kind of taking notes, you know, because the Knights and the Royals aren't too crazy. Of are in the same realm. <laughs> literally. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it was a ton of fun. And so going to the game in December and then kind of watching them have this incredible end of their season, it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, without a doubt. It's uh, they definitely put on a show. That's for sure. How they do. No, that's I got a chance when I was living in Salt Lake City at the time. Uh, I, I the second the Golden Knights put tickets on sale, I was one of those crazy people clicking away and I got seats. And so both me and uh, co-host Steve both secured seats for the first ever Golden Knights game. We met up there. Oh, that's cool. And uh, it was a blast. I mean, I was taken back by how amazing the arena was. Uh, just everything that Vegas does in terms of hockey, I don't think there's a better experience in the National Hockey League that I've seen uh, that competes with the Golden Knights. Again, I haven't been to a lot of arenas, but from the arenas, I've been about seven or eight. And uh, they by far put on, and not only that, it's it's a big win to be able to leave during intermission, be able to use the bathroom, get a beverage, and still return to your seat and still have five, six, seven, eight right. minutes left versus trying to debate, ah, do I live about two minutes before the period ends so I can get it all done in time? No, they, they do it right there. And honestly, the facilities, the uh, city, is it City National and Lifeguard? Yeah, City National and Lifeguard Arena. Yeah incredible let's just yeah. incredible facilities i i was dumbstruck taking pictures like a kid in a candy store when i walked into the lifeguard arena for the first time i just couldn't believe just the setup and so the stanley cup's going to keep growing the game there and um i would say for me the biggest surprise out of all of it well i guess two surprises Number one, I was always kind of a warrior of, you know, I'm more of an East Coast hockey guy. Uh, the, just the impact of Brady Kachuk with the Senators and just it was very smart decision for them to make him a uh, the captain when they did. But with Matthew Kachuk spending all that time in Calgary, I didn't pay as much attention to him. But I mean, he is the heart and soul of that Florida team. And the second he was gone, that it, it's like they you just ripped their soul out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think I don't know what Keith Kachuk did. But he raised two massive leaders, and uh, <laughs> and it's it's going to be exciting to see a Florida Ottawa like conference final in in a couple of years because that's going to be, I think, pretty epic. But uh, and then Aiden Hill, honestly, goalie crush of the month, what he was able to do for the Golden Knights. I mean, what he what was he uh, he coming into the season like fifth string? Uh, no, coming into the season he was the backup. Uh, really? He, yeah, he was the backup to uh, Logan Thompson coming in uh he got traded from san jose for like a fifth round pick um so <laughs> yeah that that's a, that's a steal and a half isn't it um uh, san jose uh, just and uh, and he was the third goalie in san jose they had him behind uh who are their two goalies over there now they had him behind both those guys yeah and they're um, not even keeping what's his name james reimer's going right I believe James Reimer is gone, uh, yeah. but I mean, it's it's kind of crazy to think that he was a third string and now he's a Stanley Cup champion. Um, and, you know, you look at Bersois, too. I mean, he was a, he 
spent most of his time in the uh, in the AHL this year because of injuries and stuff like that. He really was he, – he, you know, obviously started the first two rounds of playoffs, got injured in the second round or – yeah, second round, I believe. And um, and Aiden Hill just stepped up. And uh, that, that, that's huge. I mean, I think that Vegas probably had – they had four capable starters. And uh, you can't say that about a lot of teams. You, you talk about 1A, 1B. They had 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D. Um, so – and they really arguably had a – fifth guy in Patara that could really play too. So um, just the goaltending depth in general was insane over there. Uh, you know, when you have a two-time Stanley Cup champion, now three-time in Jonathan Quick, that's a future Hall of Famer, as your third, you know, you, you know you've got things going the right way. So it was uh, definitely, definitely fun to see what Aiden Hill did, though. Yeah, and maybe we'll see that same goalie depth this year in uh, the Valley. With ETA, Isaac, and Bryson Snow. Pretty good, like I said, duo there already. Um, I had to get familiar with Isaac himself, but uh, you said being a Michigan goalie, that is, a very, like you said, a very competitive market. Mm-hmm. Um, they are crazy about their hockey in Michigan. So I like any place that's crazy about hockey. I'm not going to lie. But uh, <laughs> I feel like this will be a good place to wrap up this episode, everybody. So we want to thank our special guests again, the owners of the U.S. Patriot Premier's Rogue Valley Royals, Allie and Bobby Ruddle. Allie and Bobby, thanks for taking the time out the, your schedules and joining us today. Hey, thanks for having us. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. And it was incredible having you guys on. And we look forward to having you guys on again and watching you guys all season long. We also want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to reach out if you're in the junior or collegiate hockey world and wish to get on a future podcast. Also follow us on Twitter, PHH Official, or on Instagram at PHH Podcast, or on TikTok at Pigeonhole Hockey Podcast to let us know what you think. This is the Pigeonhole Hockey Podcast with Chris and Heath. Thank you, Hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.